Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, that managing editor, FightfulMMA.com, Fightful.com. We are over here on the Pro Wrestling Channel Live. This podcast will go up later on the new MMA and Boxing Channel very soon as well. If you want to do us a favor, go on over, YouTube.com slash FightfulMMABoxing. Subscribe to us. I'd really like for us to hit 1,000 by the new year. It would mean a lot. But leave a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe. Leave a comment on your thoughts of the fights, all that good stuff. Uh, really appreciated. This show brought to you by actionheat.com slash Fightful, or you can use the code Fightful. Save yourself 20% on their awesome heated gear, heated clothing. I'll tell you all more about that a little bit later on, but uh, let them know that you heard about them from us, and uh, we thank them for sponsoring tonight's podcast. This show was was a good one. We had an outstanding Fight Pass prelim show. We had a pretty good um, mix on the main pay per view card. The Fox Sports One prelims, eh? We'll we'll talk a little bit about them, but let, let's quickly go through the the early fights on this show. Alexander Rockich clipped Devin Clark round one TKO. I have my Sean Ross Sapp's recommendations on FightfulMMA.com in the morning, but I'll give them to you here. Uh, watch this. It was action packed. A nice comeback. Rakic moves to. 3-0 in the UFC after this one. Hasn't fought in the States yet, though. Devin Clark had moved back to light heavyweight for this fight after having his entire 3-0 career at heavyweight in the UFC. So you have to wonder what, what that'll mean for him, considering that he was doing pretty well. He just happened to get caught. Clark dropped Rockets with a big left and looked like he had it in control, but not so much. Uh, Rockets caught Clark with a wild back fist after he was being countered. It's not something you can really train a whole lot. So um, that's not one that I think anybody saw coming, at least that type of knockout. Maybe they saw Rockich winning this, but not to that degree. Reminder, showdown Joe Ferraro, James Lynch, who is in Toronto for this fight, will join us Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for the FightfulMMA.com podcast. Carlos Diego Ferreira predictably TKOs uh, Kyle Nelson in round two, TKOs him. 
Carlos had lost two in a row against, uh, or had in the past lost two in a row against Darius and Poirier, who at the time were something to behold, but has since won three in a row and uh, continues that streak. Since he's come back from his USADA suspension, he's 2-0 and with two finishes, so not too bad. But Nelson was a late replacement for Jesse Ronson, who we spoke to at FightfulMMA.com. He wasn't winning this. You'll be fine not watching this fight. Just watch the finish. Diego Lima drops the Canadian Chad Laprise in round one. I think Lima had to win this fight. Between his two UFC runs, he was 1-5 in the UFC with three straight losses as a pro. He was really living off of his 6-0 tough record, including his last run where he won three fights and made it to the finals. Laprise is a streaky fighter. He'll win three in the UFC, then drop two, then win three in a row. That's just that's just the way he is. Uh, Laprise is a good name to have for these Canadian prelims, but he ate a nasty right hand for a walk-off KO for Diego Lima. Watch this. It is a fantastic finish. Up next, we have Brad Gatona. Essentially outlasting Matt Lopez. I thought he was way better than Lopez in this fight. Lopez, ideally a flyweight, I believe, who is just competing at this this way. I, I believe so. I, I'll have to check, but I seem to remember that. Katona, story of this is the finish or the non-finish. The <laughs> Katawaki choke that Brad Katona pulls out. If you're unfamiliar with the Katawaki choke, I have my my I've seen it implemented before but i've never seen it actually pulled off in a ufc fight and my uh catch wrestling coach was telling me about how sam crescent was showing them this it is essentially a crucifixed rear naked choke or side choke side headlock choke and i I was shocked man couldn't believe we saw this one in his arsenal but i mean Brad Gatona is so much better than a lot of people give him credit for. Uh, Stay on the lookout for Brad Gatona. He's one I expect to see in the top 10, top 5 of this division moving forward. Number 14, Fightful alumni Elias Theodorou hits Eric Anders, the the quick-rising Eric Anders, with the the Splitsky decision. Uh, You can pass watching this fight also for the uh, Katona fight. Just watch the Katawaki choke at the end of that, that fight where... There were questions, should it have been stopped? No, he won. He's all right. But Elias has such a weird, awkward, tough style to nail down. His movement is all over the place. He'll throw strikes from all angles. Like His his striking is technically good. You'll see him throw that back fist. Not a spinning back fist, just a back fist, like a backhand to people as he comes in and out uh, because the hand is already there. He's going to bring it across your body, so he might as well bring it across your face anyway. Anders saw, th- said that he thought that Elias was going to clinch him a lot, which couldn't have been more different than what happened in that first round. But in the second, Anders was able to catch Elias here and there when he's coming inside, but couldn't put anything together because of all the u- movement. But that changes in the late second round, and I'm not sure how Elias manages to avoid all the shots that he does at some points. It- it's kind of puzzling, man. I-, I I don't understand it. I don't. I'm not going to pretend I can make sense of it, but. That's how his game is. Round three is more uh, back and forth, and you could tell we were heading for a splitsky. Instead of Elias using his post-fight speech to put over how great my hair is, he puts over medical cannabis. You don't got to watch this one. You also don't got to watch um, this Caitlin Shikagian, Jessica I split decision. Jessica I, number nine in that division, defeating the number three Shikagian. Now, this is significant for a couple of reasons. Uh, Jessica I, who... <laughs> 
lost like five or six straight fights or didn't win five or six straight fights at Bantamweight, moved down to this flyweight division that she advocated for such a long time, and she's 3-0. and Caitlin Chikagian was the fighter who was the backup for Valentina or Joanna had one of them not made it to this night. Chikagian reminds me of a, of a less risky Elias Theodora. She's not throwing backhands, but the movement, the in, the out, all that stuff. The right fighter uh, can stay with her, and she can stay with any other fighter, but uh, she can make it really messy. When Caitlin comes in, Jessica Eye is able to land combos here and there, and that leads to her getting getting this split decision win. Uh, she <laughs> so she is perpetually angry, Jessica I, and sometimes hard to deal with, but perhaps reasonably so. You gotta you gotta realize she considered herself one of the best fighters in the world, and when you're facing women at 135 who could quite frankly compete at one could compete at any division above 135 because of how thin it is. You're going to feel, I don't know if targeted is is the, the word, but UFC hold, held on to her because they knew that she could compete at this flyweight division, and she can. She's proven she can. It's gone beyond her just being angry to be angry. I mean, she is just angry to be angry now, but she's proven she can she can hang there. She was She beat the woman who was the backup fighter for the title fight tonight. So I understand why she has that chip on her shoulder. And she says, quote, Joe Rogan, I don't know why you can stare at my butt and not have me on your podcast. (laughs) Joe Rogan got caught glancing a couple times at her during weigh-ins in the past. And uh, that's becoming the new Dana White, give me my 50 Gs. It's give me on your podcast, Joe. We heard that from Max Holloway as well, so. But good for Jessica I. She put herself up there in a division that doesn't have a lot of contenders. Sajar Eubanks just just hit the road on that. So uh, she's out of the running, essentially. Is Nico Montano in that division? Who knows? I mean, you've got... Whenever you can pull up the UFC rankings, they're a mess. So who knows, man? Gilbert Burns dominated Olivier Aubin Mercier via unanimous decision. Burns is a real monster on the ground. There was something you should look at. The fact that that Burns is willing to cross his feet with the hooks in on OAM shows how little respect or concern that he had for Aubin Mercier's ground game because that is a first-month white belt type of move that you're taught not to do. But Burns had such little concern for Aubin Mercier's ground game that he did it anyway. Burns is able to stun Aubin Mercier a couple times with punches. Almost pulls off a Sue left stretch. That would have been something if they had three of those in one year. Burns has won three of his last four. His first decision win since 2014. You don't got to watch this one either. None of them on the Fox Sports prelims. Talk about an upset. Number 11, Nina Ansaroff, the girlfriend of Amanda Nunez, UFC Bantamweight champion competing for the featherweight title this month, upsets number three, Claudia Gedalia via unanimous decision. This is a wild contrast in tone on this these Fox Sports prelims after the, the barn burners that were the fight pass prelims. Uh, you knew this one wasn't going to get finished. Gedalia couldn't land takedowns late in the fight after having some success early on, but Ansaroff uses her, her leg kicks and front kicks really well in this fight. Ansaroff stood in there and wasn't intimidated by a girl who often can be intimidating. You look at Claudia Gedalia, man, and she is a specimen. 
She is brutal. She can really put the pain on some girls. And you look at it, and all Gedalia needed to do was really maybe win this one. Because if she won this, there, there's a real shot that she could get a title title fight. Uh, I mean, you got to deal with Andrade, who would beat her, but Andrade hasn't fought Rose Namajunas, so so ideally you'd think that Andrade is going to get that title shot. But Gedalia, with the right timing, you never know who's going to get that title shot. Maybe Andrade isn't ready to fight. You just never know. And this would have been four wins in her last five. Um, and it would have been it's two and a half years, essentially, since her last title shot. Back of the line now. Back of the line. And it's like, what do you do? Do you go up to 125 if you're Gedalia? Well, I don't know. I mean, she's fought at flyweight before in Chuto, Brazil, and uh, met some success. She fought a little bit above 115 in the past and, and found success there. She fought at 130. And beat uh, Valerie Letourneau in the past, but you, what you running into Joanna and Jacek up there? She's beat you twice too, and she wasn't good enough to win the title. We'll see how it works out for her. But for Nina Ansaroff, on the other hand, throw her name into that consideration. That's four in a row for her. <laughs> and J- Jocelyn Jones Lieberger and Angela Hill, Randa Marcos, maybe not top top of the line names, but Claudia Gadelia Danwell is. So now you have to put. Uh, Nina Ansaroff in that discussion. Aaron Nicholson in our live chat says, any clue when Rose is fighting again? No. I have no idea. No no word yet. The word was that she was handling some PTSD from the bus attack. Took that pretty tough. Let's talk this UFC pay-per-view main card and this opening fight. Tiago Santos... Versus Jimmy Manoa. What a fantastic fight. First, I want to say, guys, this episode is sponsored by Action Heat. They make the world's best battery-heated clothing. Control your environment at the touch of a button with Action Heat. Engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. They can reach up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on each charge. You can even recharge your phone or any other gadget while you're wearing them. They make uh, these awesome heated jackets, heated shirts, gloves for women, men, anybody, socks, hats. You can stay warm and cozy from head to toe with Action Heat. I love the shirt. It's got great wiring in the chest to keep you good and warm. Can't wait to take that to uh, the snowboard uh, place, to the tubing place, Perfect North we go to. Stay good, warm, and toasty. Got a pair of those gloves, too. I picked up some of those. I really dig the stuff at Action Heat. They have products that fit everyone's budget starting at just $39.99, and they are a perfect gift idea. Almost nobody has these yet. Eventually, everybody will, but right now, you can get ahead of things, and you can really get ahead by saving 20% on your entire order. Go to actionheat.com slash Fightful, or use that code Fightful at checkout. I want to thank them for sponsoring this podcast. I love this as a gift idea for sure. Picking up some of these for my family. Tiago Santos just drilled Jimmy Manoa, my friends. I I put in my show notes, I got the feeling the decision streak was going to end with this one. (laughs) Santos counters uh, right out of the gate and puts a clubber in on Manoa. This is really phone booth fighting. Both men land really good shots out of the clinch, and it seemed like Santos got the best of it in number, but not necessarily in power. He got staggered by an elbow. And 
went for an honest-to-God trouble in paradise. Kofi Kingston's finishing move, the spin kick. He went for it. He didn't quite hit it, but that one's going to have to be added to EA UFC 3. He's going to have to be added to EA UFC 3. If you wondered how Tiago Santos was going to do at light heavyweight, I think Eric Anders was a good indication because Eric Anders showed up for that Elias Theodoru fight at like 225 pounds. So he said, Tiago Santos is a light heavyweight, says that he wants to stick around there. He'll be 35 next month. And he came out slugging in round two. Caught Manuel a bunch of times, knocked him out, folded him up. You have to watch this fight. This is an all-time great light heavyweight brawl. Now for Jimmy Manuel, there are questions. Where does he go? What does he do? Just got to give him fun fights, man. That's all you can do. He's going to be 39 in February. The next time he fights, he's going to be 39. He's lost three in a row. He's lost four of six. He is not in, He is not a top 10 fighter. I don't think he's a top 15 fighter. But he is a fighter that puts on exciting fights. You want to throw him in there against Glover Teixeira? You go ahead and do that. You do just that. You want to rematch? I mean, he, he's beaten Blahovich, OSP, Corey Anderson. You want to rematch one of those? Uh, maybe not Blahovich, because Blahovich just beat him. Forgot about that. Corey Anderson, fine. Whatever. Uh, he is a guy that you can put on the first or second fight of a UFC pay-per-view. You can put him in a co-main event or third from the top, and he'd be he'd be fine. But now you got the question, what do you do with Tiago Santos? Well, I saw I see uh, Ole Sammy Ole says, uh, how about Anthony Smith? He did beat Anthony Smith in February. A little soon to do that, although it was at middleweight. You've got the winner of, of Teixeira and Ian Cutilaba out there, but you also had Dom Reyes. A very interesting Dom Reyes is out there right now for Tiago Santos. I think that could be a good one. Do you want to knock off a younger guy for Tiago Santos right now? I don't know about that. I would maybe wait to see how Ian Cutilaba and Gegard or Glover Teixeira do. I would give the winner of that fight, Tiago Santos. I would give the loser of that fight, Jimmy Manoa. This is a must-watch fight. Teo Santos will be 35 next month. He's won seven of his last eight. He's 2-0 at light heavyweight, won three in a row total, and has had five fights since February. And I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility that he tries to squeeze in another fight before February 3rd, which would give him six fights in a one-year period. Amazing. Friendly reminder... Subscribe to our MMA and Boxing YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Fightful MMA Boxing. It is greatly appreciated, my friends. Lots of exclusive interviews, news clips, live news updates, boxing news, all kinds of stuff, show clips. It's a good time. Hakeem Dawadu uh, bored Kyle Boschniak. <laughs> I say boring in comparison to the fight that preceded it. It was impossible to live up to that, and it was not a solid follow-up to what we had just seen. In name value, excitement, or otherwise. In technique, sure. Uh, Dawadu pretty clearly took the first two rounds. Footwork, crisp, crisp strikes, in and out. Boshniak's corner told him he needed to finish to win. There was this weird thing that the, the commentary table picked up on. Boshniak kept grabbing his own shorts and pulling them up. And it's something like people would always pick up on Ronda Rousey adjusting her, her sports bra, her top. And she does it in, in wrestling as well. 
if it's if it's that much of a concern, like that's why a lot of people braid their hair, corner their hair. You don't want to flip it out of out of your face. I mean, I know there there are some people that have been time doing that. It's a pattern that people pick up on. Also, it seems to have been a distraction. So they the, the commentary team rightfully said, "Hey, maybe he should probably switch to those compression shorts." Bushniak is able to land a couple of takedowns in round three, but that's not enough. This really should not have been a split decision. Hakeem Dawadu won this with ease. He dominated it. He was very, I don't want to say full of himself. Uh, He's a Canadian guy in front of his home country. He didn't emerge victorious in his debut earlier this year, but has fought back, beat Austin Arnett, beat Kyle Bochniak. But this is not the Hakeem Dawadu that we knew that had the hype in World Series of Fighting in 2016. We started off in World Series of Fighting Canada and was finishing everybody. And I mean, this guy fought his entire pro career up until 2018 in World Series of Fighting and beat Steven Seiler, who was a nice UFC caliber opponent. I mean, I think at that point, Steven Seiler, even though he lost his way out of the UFC, had won six of his last seven leading into that with the only loss being a split to Andre Harrison, who doesn't lose to anybody. And I think even today, Steven Seiler's like, I'm pretty sure in PFL, he's like unbeaten in his last four fights. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure. So that's a good win for Hakeem Dawadu. But he hasn't finished anybody in the UFC. Hasn't finished anybody since 2016 in those four fights. So he's going to have to do that. Let's talk about this finish, this Alex Oliveira, Gunnar Nelson finish. Disgusting. I want to talk about early on where Alex Oliveira holds on to the cage to prevent a takedown and gets a warning. In the middle of a takedown. That's got to be a point deduction. Something has to be set up where if somebody's doing that on a double leg, they either are, the, the other person is granted a position on the ground or a point is deducted. Because if you look at fights back in history, look at Jose Aldo versus Chad Mendes. How different would that fight be if Jose Aldo didn't hold onto the fence? I don't know how different it would be. Would Chad Mendes have taken him down? Would he have been able to hold it, held him down? I don't know. And that's the point. You're taking that out of out of out of possibility. Should have been an automatic point deduction. Justin H in the live chat. I completely agree with you. Automatic point deduction. As it matter, as it turns out, it didn't matter. Oliveira did turn the tides out of this body triangle. I can't begin to explain to you how how physically taxing it is to have an uh, have a body triangle on you. But I don't know how physically taxing it is to have one. Uh, Gunnar Nelson. That's unbelievable. And Alex Oliveira was able to turn over in that after punching behind his own head. Not usually effective. Usually a sign the fight is about to end. And it was, but not because of that. Not the type of situation you see a lot. Cowboy throwing punches with Nelson on his back, but Gunnar Nelson was able to do what he does best. He was able to drag Oliveira down, crack him open, and submit him with a rear naked choke. So Gunnar Nelson lands this elbow. And it is just nothing short of grotesque, my friends. 
Uh, it is real friggin' gross. I'm going to try to pull it up for you guys. It is just, <laughs> it opened up, it opened him up like a faucet. And uh, I'll let you all see some of the, some of the blood here because it was, it was a sight to behold. A little uncomfortable, to be honest with you. He was leaking. He being uh, Cowboy Oliveira. Immediately afterwards, Nelson applied a rear naked choke, got that submission win, and he needed to. Gunnar Nelson hadn't fought in a while. So you have to enter somebody's consciousness stream, the MMA fan's consciousness stream. I often say this. I mean, you look at Gunnar Nelson. He's a 30-year-old man now. This isn't six years ago when he was a 23, 24-year-old prospect. He's here now. He's lost three times in a row uh, to Rick Story and Damian Maia. It's a couple of people he probably shouldn't have lost to. So Ponzinibbio, well, okay. But then he takes a year and a half off. You got to enter somebody's consciousness stream pretty well. And in fights that Nelson loses, specifically Story and Maia, they ain't great. But the fights that he wins are usually pretty damn good. So this is the type of performance that he needed to have. He needed this one. Going to pull up the fight reviews, essentially, for for the main and co-main. Joanna Janjacek and Valentina Shevchenko for the vacant UFC flyweight title in a fight that probably should have been the original title fight to begin with, but... You know, a lot of circumstances unfolded from the ultimate fighter to, to a bantamweight title fight of Shevchenko's to Joanna wanting her title back. But I mean, man, this was the fight. This was a high level fight. And it's one that Valentina Shevchenko did not have trouble taking. Again, guys, actionheat.com slash Fightful sponsoring this show. I want to thank them so much. Head over there, use that code Fightful, save 20% on your purchase. A perfect Christmas gift idea. And <laughs> when uh, when you see Shevchenko, you see how she just manhandled this fight. It was borderline uncomfortable to see a woman who was so dominant in Joanna Yenjacek is quite frankly, I, I don't know how to put this. She got sunned. She got sunned real hard in this one. And for Joanna, it's like, well, what do you do from here? How do you handle this? How do you move on? Because she was in denial over the, the Rose Namajunas fights. She can't be in denial over this fight. It was so one-sided. And it really seemed like on commentary that Joe Rogan was trying to play up a storyline that was not there. Shevchenko imposed her will on Joanna and Jacek. I'm going to go ahead and show you guys this. Here's a look at her hitting essentially a belly-to-belly suplex. A bailey-to-belly if you're a WWE fan. It kept Joanna down for the three count. Uh, Shevchenko was able to sweep the leg right here. Beautiful. Beautiful tie sweep, essentially. Joanna did find some success later on and and kind of slugged Shevchenko with a head kick, but it didn't really, it wasn't that flush. 
The powerful takedowns of, of Shevchenko really set her apart from Joanna. There wasn't a lot of damage done on the ground, but Shevchenko brought a, or Joanna essentially brought a shovel and she needed a bulldozer, man, to dig herself out of that hole. The the striking stats don't really tell the story where they say, oh, the same amount of significant strikes. Yeah, Joanna's were were pretty light leg kicks. Joanna's were were a lot of good counters to the body and to the head. And there, there's no real way to put this besides the fact that Shevchenko just dominated this fight. I had it 50-45 Shevchenko. The official scorecards read uh, 49-46 across the board. Shevchenko didn't say a whole hell of a lot afterwards, but after what she went through in the Amanda Nunes fight, I had that fight scored for Shevchenko, the Amanda Nunes fight. You look at that, and man, she hung right there with Nunes. I thought she beat her. She beat the best 115-pound fighter ever, arguably one of the best champions in UFC history, and she beat Holly Holm. That is an insane resume to be able to have. And I get a feeling she's going to run rough shot over this division. Who beats her here? Joanna's not beating her. I don't care what kind of drawing board she goes back to. Joanna ain't beating Valentina Shevchenko. I don't believe it. And I pull up the fightmatrix.com ratings, which is a, a statistical, statistically based thing. And Valentina's own sister is sneaking up into the top 10 after one UFC fight. If you want to see how thin that division is, maybe you have Jessica I. Sure, give her the shot. Why not? Why not her? Not going to be Sajar Eubank. She hit the brick. She's gone. Nico Montano, can you trust her? No, I think you got to give her another fight before then. Not going to be her. Throw Jessica I in there. Why not? Who else you got? Maybe Liz Carmouche. She's good. I like watching Liz Carmouche fight. I think Liz Carmouche can hang about as well <laughs> with Shevchenko as anybody else in this division. And that being said, I think Shevchenko beats her pretty, pretty easily. Main event time, my friends. This was a good one. Max Holloway defeated Brian Ortega to retain the UFC featherweight title. A reminder... ActionHeat.com slash Fightful sponsoring this show. Use that code Fightful to save 20% on the hottest, literally, Christmas gift of the season. You can see our full podcast for more information on ActionHeat.com slash Fightful. Max Holloway getting it done, man. And there were a couple of times throughout this fight, I did doubt a little bit. I got a little concerned for Max Holloway. (laughs) He got a little cute there, but... He was facing a one-year layoff, which is wild to think. But let's let's before we talk about that, let's break down the fight in general. I'm going to give you all a look here. Hopefully, UFC doesn't pull these. They they are gifs essentially. But Max Holloway early on opening up in that second round, landing some nice strikes on on Brian Ortega, but Brian Ortega wouldn't back down. Literally and figuratively, man. <laughs> Brian Ortega basically got stumbled, maybe dropped a little bit in this fight, but the beating that he was able to sustain and still throw shots, some threatening shots here and there, was like the heart was Fabio Maldonado-esque. 
I couldn't believe what I was seeing, man. These two guys are going to run into each other again sometimes. I don't know if it's going to be any different. I really don't think it will be. But what I saw to Brian Ortega was, was insane. Ortega took Holloway down, couldn't do anything with it. Ortega was digging or getting dug to the body. Holloway striking at range and stepping out of Ortega's range. Holloway really turned up the heat in round two, but abandoned a lot of his defense in the meantime and ate a lot more strikes in that round and throughout the rest of the fight than he did in the first. I thought that Holloway got way too cute with his defense, got caught several times in the first two minutes of round three, and that is dangerous territory with Ortega's hooks, uppercuts, and elbows. But Holloway is just such, he's one of the best I've ever seen at striking and moving backwards. He moves backwards. He, he keeps his chin up, but is able to slip with it and lands rangy punches while he does that at just a masterful level. Just a really, really great level. Mercifully, this fight is stopped before round five. And before that, before round four, Max Holloway says, I'm in it this round. Technically true, but we've yet to see anybody. I mean, technically, we've seen Brian Ortega stopped now. Technically. But we've never seen anybody like make him tap out, knock him out, any of that, which is kind of mind boggling to see. Then after the fight, we hear Max Holloway and Joe Rogan say, Best 145-pound champ ever. And I'm thinking, hey, listen, I get it. Max Holloway beat Jose Aldo twice. But before this, that was that was it. That was the only person he had beat as 145-pound champion. Jose Aldo won 10 title fights. 10 title fights. Who did he beat to get there? How about Cub Swanson, who's still relevant now? How about he beat Uriah Faber, a Hall of Famer, for that title? He beat Kenny Florian, who competed for the lightweight title. He beat Chad Mendez, still relevant now. Beat Korean Zombie, still relevant now. Beat Frank Yeager, one of the greats. Beat Mendez again. Beat Lamas. Beat Edgar again. Jose Aldo is the greatest featherweight champion ever. Will he be when all is said and done? I don't know about that. I think Max Holloway could could probably beat him out there. Having having the jump on Jose Aldo with two wins to none, that's a good start. Beating Brian Ortega the way that he did, that's a hell of a jump too. That, that's a pretty good be, – beating Ortega for the first time, that, that's a great way to do it. Anthony Pettis, good win. Lamas, Stevens, Oliveira, Swanson, all good wins too, but – I just don't think he's there yet. However, can't wait to see him fight again. Hopefully his health is is all there. He had never pulled out of a fight before this year. Pulled out of three this year. It didn't even seem like he had missed a full year because he had been scheduled to fight so many times. Like I said, he had been in that stream of consciousness for me. I remembered Max Holloway. All throughout this year, he's had something scheduled, something going on, with the exception of a couple of months. So it didn't seem like he had been out of action for that long. Guys, uh, after this one, <laughs> Holloway called for a UFC card in Miami camp. Uh, Nikita Krylov fan was over here watching the fights with me tonight. 
he said, I can't believe Bellator beat him there. And I'm like, yeah, taxes, man. Bellator doesn't give a shit. They're one of the most terribly run companies in the world. There you go. Holloway says he wants a shot at lightweight. He wants to be the pound for pound best, but wants to defend his crown. I hope he can do it safely. Max Holloway, man. I, I look at him and Tony Ferguson a lot. Oh, that's a fight I want to see. My God, him and Tony Ferguson. Those are two guys that I don't think you realize how much you're going to miss until it's all done and they're all they're gone. And I, I, that just hit me that that fight could happen. Oh man, that is something that just like I hadn't even considered before. Uh, I'll give you some updates from the. UFC post-fight press conference, which you all can check out at FightfulMMA.com. We have full coverage at FightfulMMA on Twitter. Yolanda Yanjacek credits Valentina for her strength and smarts on the ground, is happy with her performance, says she's going to take some time off. What's a challenge for the title again at strawweight, but says that Rose will lose the belt if she doesn't defend it in four months. You'll lose it if you can't defend it within a year. Joanna says she felt good at the weight and did her best. She's only going back to 115 if it's for a title shot. Short and sweet for Joanna, who grabs a box of pizza on her way out. Dana White is up now. Uh, Max and Brian uh, get the fight of the night. Santos and Max get performance of the night. So Max gets an extra $100,000. Think about that. An extra $100,000 on top of whatever is is Reebok outfitting is. I don't know what the hell that is. Uh, I'd have to look and see the last time we have a disclosed payout for Max Holloway, because it's been quite a while since since we were uh, told what he got paid for a show. I mean, he was making 150000 two years ago, Holloway was. So he's making way more than that now. We're ta- probably talking about a... payday for Max Holloway tonight when all is said and done. Maybe more than that. That's just an estimate. Just an estimate. Dana forgets Jose Aldo's name when saying, let's not forget about when disgusting featherweights greatest of all time. Uh, Dana says that he loves Toronto. People don't understand what a big fight town it is. Yeah. And, man, I love that city, too. Dana wanted the fight stopped after the fourth. Belize Ortega could and wanted it went out for the fifth. But glad it didn't happen. It would have been bad for his health. Dana wants Max to move up to 155, saying he's done everything at 145. Why keep cutting the weight? There are big things at 155. I'm inclined to agree because when you look at the way that that division is, who's next? Moicano, who just got beat by Ortega last year. Mendez, if he wins against Volkanovski, maybe? Ugh. Dana supports Joanna t- taking time off, but wants to see her back at 115. Dana has a lot of influence on Max going up to 155. Won't commit to giving Max an immediate title shot at 155 if he moves up. And I think that's that's right. You got Poirier around there. You got Ferguson there. Dana White says that he has a. Uh, they just re-signed with TSN. More bad news for the Fight Network. Uh, as far as Dana knows, Diaz versus Masvidal is still happening, but has no update with Nate. 
Doesn't have an update on Woodley versus Covington either. So uh, we've got more and more updates coming all night at Fightful MMA on Twitter and at FightfulMMA.com. We have Fighters React pieces. We have a lot of that stuff. Reminder, Fightful MMA podcast every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. FightfulMMA.com. Those will be on the MMA channel, Fightful MMA Boxing on YouTube. That is YouTube.com slash Fightful MMA Boxing. So head over, do us a favor, and subscribe. Check out our beautiful sponsor at actionheat.com slash Fightful. I want to thank you guys for joining us. If you really want to help us out, I'm trying to grow those discus boards, those discus forums. Just stop by there on a fight night. Say, hey, I think this person's going to win. I think this person's going to win. I like this fight. I like that fight. Uh, That would go a long way. I want to grow our communities there. Uh, I know there are a lot of great MMA fans that uh, are friends with our, our great mod, 777, who have considered coming over. Would love to welcome them over as well. But uh, thank you guys so much for joining me on this post show. We are still very much growing our MMA side. I know a lot of you were kind of disenfranchised with another MMA site recently. And I'd like to welcome you here. We're getting stories up quicker, faster than ever. Thank you all. Thumbs up, subscribe. We're out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.